Pilate's wife warned him not to have anything to do with that just man. And of course, he did not listen to his wife. Instead, he decided to give the people what they wanted. Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome everyone and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits. Before beginning, as always, I would like to begin by giving all thanks, all praises, all honor and all glory to the Father, God who art in heaven, his Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, because without them, I am nothing. But because of Christ Jesus, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, including this podcast, as well as this podcast series. And once again, I'd like to take some time out to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening, downloading, etc. I truly appreciate it. God bless. Where I am at, the temperature is currently 41 degrees and it's currently 523 a.m. in the wee hours of Resurrection Sunday morning. I have been up since yesterday. I got a nap while I sat in my chair to type out this episode and I fell asleep. So then I got up, took a shower, I had to finish writing it. And then um, I finished writing it at like at two, I think like at two, almost three o'clock. Um, and I recorded it. I'm sorry, I, I finished writing it at 2, I think it was like 2.15. And then I began typing it up somewhere at 3, and I finished typing it at 5.15. So now the time is currently 5.24, and I am about to record it. I'm not sipping on anything but a bottle of water. And... Let's get started because there's a lot to cover in this one. It was a it was a long writing. It was a lot. But it was a blessing. So let's get into it. The name and title of today's episode is Let Him Be Crucified. This is episode number 068. And of course, this episode is based on Matthew 27. And all scriptures 
will be read using the New King James Version. Also, this episode that I am currently bringing to you is the third and final part of the past over series. The topics that will be covered in this episode will be Jesus being handed over, Judas hangs himself, Jesus faces Pilate, Jesus taking the place of Barabbas, Jesus being mocked by the soldiers, Jesus on the cross, and the death of Jesus. So let's get into it. Jesus was bounded, led away, and delivered to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Judas began to feel remorse when he saw that Jesus had been condemned. He decided to return the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders of the people. He said, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. The chief priests and the elders replied in verse 4, saying, What is that to us? You see it. You see, that is exactly what the enemy does. He will entice you and lead you to do something that you will later regret and sometimes even end up costing you your very own life as well as your soul. Judas clearly felt remorse. He knew what he had done was wrong. He had betrayed Jesus Christ. He betrayed innocent blood. He said so himself. The fact that he gave back the money says a lot. Because Judas giving back money? I mean, really. So in reality, he really did end up betraying Jesus for, for free. Because he didn't even get to benefit from the 30 pieces of silver. One can never be blessed or happy when you plot and do evil against God's children, against innocent people. It has a way of eventually catching up to you. However, there is still repentance and there's forgiveness. And of course, Judas would miss both opportunities, sealing his eternal faith. In verse 5, it tells us that, Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, and he went out and hung himself. Rather than repenting, he decided to hang himself. There was still hope. 
but he thought he was so far gone that he couldn't repent, but he could have if he wanted to. And even though Judas walked with Jesus for three years, he really didn't know Jesus. And Peter's statement in Matthew 26, which said, I do not know the man, came out of Peter's mouth, but in reality, that was Judas's reality. He was the one that truly did not know Jesus. And instead of repenting, he chose to hang himself. I guess that was his destiny. After all, Jesus did say in Matthew 26, verses 23, which reads, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. In 24, it says, or he says, The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. So that was Judas's destiny. And I believe it was because of his heart. The chief priest then took the silver and said in verse 6, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in it. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this very day. Then it was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel, I think it meant to say pierced, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. When Jesus stood before Pilate, the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said to him, It is as you say. And once again in verse 12, just like he stood before Caiaphas, the scribes and the elders of the people, in Matthew 26, the Bible says he said nothing. He did not answer. Now reading from verse 13 to 14, which reads, Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word so that the governor marveled greatly. Now, it was during the feast of the governor, and normally during this feast, they were accustomed to releasing to the people one prisoner of choice. In verses 16 to 18, it says, 
And at the time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. Not because he was guilty. And according to dictionary.com, envy is a mostly negative feeling of desire for something that someone else has and you do not. According to yourdictionary.com, it says envy is a feeling of discontent and ill will because of another's advantages, possessions, etc., resentful dislike of another who has something that one desires. And last, but not least, merriamwebster.com says, Envy is something painful or resentful, is a painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage or malice or an object of envious notice or feeling. Listen, there are people out there who are not only jealous of both you and I, they are some who are also envious of us for whatever reason. Satan has entered into their hearts just like he did Judas's heart. Some of these very same people can be right in your closest circle. They can be family, friends, co-workers, church members, etc. They secretly envy you. Give them a chance and they will hand both you and I over to be killed just like they did Jesus. It's just the reality. There is nothing that we might be facing or going through on the face of this earth that Christ himself has not experienced. If he went through it, so will we. The Bible tells us that no servant is greater than their master. And of course, we are not greater than our master, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It might be painful, but it's a reality. And Jesus said they hated me, so they will hate us too for his name's sake. The key is, are you willing to be rejected, reproached, reviled, and hated for his name's sake? Or would you prefer to have the love and admiration and popularity of the world? The answer is up to each and every one of us as believers. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, he as in Pontius Pilate, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man that stood out. 
have nothing to do with that just man. In other words, don't get involved in that. She said, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. And according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, just means acting or being in conformity with what is morally upright or good or righteous. Pilate's wife warned him not to have anything to do with that just man. And of course, he did not listen to his wife. Instead, he decided to give the people what they wanted. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the people to ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. The chief priests and the elders hated Jesus so much, they envied him so bad that they wanted him dead. They wanted him completely destroyed. The same way, there are people out there who want the very same exact thing to happen to both you and I. They hate you. They are not only jealous, they are also envious and want to see us destroyed as well. Just imagine Jesus who never ever even committed one sin. These people hated him so much that they were willing to have him put to death. They were willing to shed innocent blood. Pilate asked the people, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Verse 22 reads, Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. And then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, Let him be crucified. You know, one of the things that I have come to realize or to notice in my walk after I have accepted and received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, that the people on the outside of the church can more see the God or the Christ in you or what he has placed in you. Oftentimes, it's not the people in the church. You see, Pilate, could see, he saw that Jesus was a good man and that he was innocent, but yet he chose not to set him free. He chose to go with the crowd instead of doing the right thing. Now we have people out there that are no different from Pilate. They know you might be innocent, but they refuse to stand up and tell the truth. Instead, they choose to please the crowd or the world instead of living for God. Just like today, you have many pastors that are silent. A lot of these big pastors, when it comes to hard-hitting sin, you can't hear one word. They're silent. They're silent. You can't, you can't hear one word. So if they who are professing, and they are leaders and they are silent. Will you leave Pilate? Come on. I mean, let's just be real. Pilate, you know, <laughs> he chose 
to go with the crowd. The elders, the scribes, and the priests were blinded by their own hate because their hearts were open with the hate and bitterness of the soul, readily open and available for Satan to enter and take up residence in them freely, just like he did Judas. They were jealous of Jesus. They were envious of him. They hated him and they wanted him dead. But despite all of that, Jesus loved them. The same way he loves both you and I. He loves us. He wasn't dying just for you and I. He was also dying for those who were his accusers and those who hated him unjustly. He was about to lay down his life for the entire world, including them. So I at least hope that at some point after his death and resurrection, that some of them had come to believe and that some of them were able to at least repent and receive the precious gift of salvation. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, the Bible tells us, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see it. Pilate thought that washing his hands would absolve him of any guilt or of the blood of Jesus, but it wasn't. Pilate asked the people, and all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and our children. Now, in today's day and age, since the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as a believer, you definitely want the precious blood of Jesus that was spilled at Calvary <laughs> to be upon you. And you definitely want it to be on you because to the believer, it's a weapon and a shield of protection and covering. However, to the non-believer that is about to spill his blood innocently, I don't think that's what they wanted upon them. But ignorantly, that's what they asked for. That's what they said. So unless you are about to confess your sin and repent and receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, I don't think that's a statement you would want to make. One of the most dangerous things is when the blood of Jesus cries out against you. However, for us, the children of God, it's one of the most powerful weapons in the war against the enemy. You see, we use it to cover, to cover us. And to fight for us. Blood of Jesus, fight for me. Blood of Jesus, cry out on my behalf. Those are some of the most serious and dangerous prayers. Especially when you're innocent. Ignorantly, they had no idea they were opening up themselves or what 
they were calling upon themselves and their children was clearly a curse. Or curses, for all that matter. So Pilate went ahead and under their request, he released Barabbas and had Jesus handed over and taken to be scourged and crucified. The soldiers mocked Jesus. Jesus was taken and led away. He was stripped and then they placed a scarlet robe on him. And according to yourdictionary.com, the definition of scarlet is something that is a vibrant red color or is being immoral or sinful. A vibrant red rose is an example of something that would be described as scarlet red. The sin of adultery is an example of something that would be considered scarlet behavior. They placed a reed in his right hand. They also placed a crown of twisted thorns upon his head. They bowed before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And verse 30, it tells us that after they spat on him, they took the reed from his hand and struck him on the head, and they continued mocking him, and they later stripped him of the scarlet robe they had placed on him and put his own clothes back on him. And when they were finished mocking him, spitting on him, and stripping him, they led him away to be crucified. Now, reading from verse 32 to 34, it reads, Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say place of a skull, they gave him sour wine, some translations would say vinegar, mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Mm, that's a powerful statement. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Yes. They gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. And according to Merriam-Webster.com, because you know, I had to break this down, gall is something that is bitter. The Bible tells us that when he tasted it, he would not drink it. This kind of reminds me of the cup of God filled with the wine of his wrath. The Bible tells us that the wicked, his enemies, will drink the dregs from the cup of God's wrath if they do not repent before it's too late. Jesus' blood was poured out for our sake so that we might be able to partake and be rejoined to the Father through the precious gift of salvation, which comes through Christ Jesus. When we take communion... It is a remembrance of what Christ has done on the cross for us. Jesus was crucified. They divided up his garments. They also casted lot for his clothing, fulfilling the words that were spoken by the prophets. In reading from verse 35 to 36, it reads, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, 
the king of the Jews. He got <laughs> crucified for the truth. But in reality, he was crucified for our sin. Two robbers were crucified with him. Now, when you read Matthew 27, verses 38, it tells us that he was crucified with two robbers and they blasphemed him. However, if you read the other Gospels, it clearly tells us that one of them was also crucified, that was crucified with him, was very remorseful. As the other heaped insults upon Jesus. Now reading from Luke 23 verses 39 to 43, once again reading from the New King James Version, it reads, Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God? Oh my God. Hmm. Seeing you are under the same condemnation, he said, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So either Matthew was off or probably Luke. Now, we know the Bible is the living, breathing word of God. It is the gospel, which means the truth. So this clearly means that Jesus obviously was not crucified with just two others as they depicted in the movies, pictures, and paintings, or books, or magazines. So, of course, I went and did some detective work. Because something just wasn't adding up. And apparently upon doing my research on this matter, I found out that indeed Jesus was not crucified with just two others. He was crucified with four others. With him being in the middle. He was crucified with two robbers, or your translation can say thieves, and two criminals, might have been murderers. So this would have meant, clearly, that it was one of the two criminals who said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Because 27 tells us that the two thieves, they hurled insults at him. So if it was four, two thieves and two criminals, so obviously it was one of the criminals who said, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And I found my research and my information at truthandtradition.com. I will also leave a link in the description box. That way you can go and you can check it out as well also. Verse 44 tells us that even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him. Oh my goodness. According to Oxford.com, revile is to criticize in an abusive 
angrily insulting manner. And now we have reached Jesus on the cross. Darkness was all over the land, starting from the sixth to the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabakatini, forgive me for that pronunciation, which meant, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I know there's been times in my life when I felt like that in the past, when I was going through my difficulties, the hardships of life, where, you know, there was hardly anyone. I felt the same way, like, God, why are you forsaking me? But in reality, he wasn't, he was right there. And those who were close by said, this man is calling Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine, or depending on your translation, vinegar, and put it on a reed. And then they offered it to him to drink. Mm. Now I will be reading from verse 49 to 55, once again reading from the New King James Version. And it reads, the rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again and with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. In other words, he gave up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Verse 53 says, And coming out of the grave after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar. And verse 56 reads, Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Joseph or Hoses, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. So now we've come to Jesus buried in the tomb. Some say that Jesus was born in a stable. I really don't know. I know for sure he wasn't born in a hospital in a warm and cozy bed. He died on the cross and he was laid to rest in a new tomb, a brand new tomb. However, one thing that I do know, he was born, he died, and he has risen. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he is coming again. Not as the Lamb, but as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of all kings. Another thing that really stuck out to me while doing 
this study on both Matthew 27 and 28 was the women versus the men. This is what I have noticed with the men. One betrayed him. One denied him. Three times for that matter. And all the rest fled and forsook him. However, the women followed him closely all the way up to the cross. When he was buried, the two Marys, who were also women, were there sitting opposite the tomb. And once again, remember the woman from Matthew 26 who anointed him at Bethany. She was preparing him for his burial while the men stood by complaining and criticizing her. And let's not forget Pilate's wife, who told her husband to have nothing to do with putting that just man to death. But of course, he did not listen. When Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, who was the first to see him? It was the women. They were the ones who asked the angel, what have you done with our Lord? They were also the ones to run and tell the eleven who were hiding in the upper room. That is until Jesus appeared to them and commissioned them to be bold, to go out and share the gospel. And of course, from that point on, the men, the apostles, became bold and they never looked back. Hmm. From that point on, not only would the apostles, the men, live for his name's sake, they would also die for Jesus' name's sake. This is one of the most beautiful stories that has ever been told. The story of Christ. The birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection. Never underestimate the woman or a woman especially a true woman of God women are the backbone that is if you have the right one you see the God given or God sent or God chosen woman not the self chosen one but the God given God sent one are the real ones. And I just want to say thank God for every loyal and true woman of God. And every woman out there, if you're true and loyal. And I want to say thank God for all the men who are as bold as the apostles were after they walked into their God-given call and commission and lived and died for Christ. God bless each and every one of you who are as bold as light. Each one of you men who are bold and on fire for God's kingdom. It seemed like the women at times seem to have more nuts than the men. I mean, I'm, I'm, I hate to put it that way. A lot of the leaders... They're not speaking up. 
a lot. There's a few. And thank God for those few. God bless and cover you. God bless you. So yeah, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. May us women be like the Marys and the other women of God of the Bible. Lord, may the men take up their position in your kingdom and be like the men of God of the Bible. Father, strengthen them as you make them as bold as a lion on fire for your kingdom and for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So that concludes this episode as well as this series, the Passover series. And the time now is currently... 6.03 on my computer. So I do hope and pray that you did enjoy the this episode or you did get something from this episode because um, enjoyment kind of sounds like entertainment. But I do hope and pray that you did get something from this episode because I, you know, I really got a lot out of um, doing this series. I didn't even know if I was coming back to this podcast. So I guess you can officially say, yeah, it's season four. So I just want to say thank you. And I just want to give God all thanks, all praises, all honor. And also just before closing, um, one of my friends back home in the Caribbean, very close friend of mine, dear, very near and dear. I used to always tell her about Jesus. I would always tell her about Christ when I was still living there. And even sometimes when I would go back on vacation and I, you know, we would catch up, I would always tell her about Jesus Christ. And about maybe, maybe a month ago, she sent me a message and she said, um, she said, I gave my life to Christ. And she said, finally, I have a Christian boyfriend. I said, you go, girl. <laughs> At least one of us do. Um, and no, I'm single. So yeah, I don't have, you know, but I'm just saying. And I, I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, I was, oh my God. I mean, she gave me that news. I was so happy. So yesterday evening, she sent me a WhatsApp message and she said to me, she said, um, tomorrow I'm going forth and I will be baptized. And I am so thankful because Oh, I'm so thankful. That's the best news I could have gotten. I, I can't get no greater news. And that's what this is all about. That's what I am all about. Is like really telling people about Christ. There ain't nothing special about me. I do what I do because God has been good to me. It's the least I can do. It's the least. And 24 years ago, on a Resurrection Sunday, I too went forth and I gave my life to Christ. And the, that date was March 30th. So this patch, past March 
30th that went by um is 24 years since I first received Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I would go on to fall and get back up and keep on walking. And I have no intentions of turning back at this point of my life. And I'm almost 50. I know where God has brought me from. I know who God is. And like I tell people, I had the best father in the world and still do. His name is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. The great I am never once left me, never once forsook me. So, yeah. So on that note, I think that was all I had to say. And it's currently now 6.07 a.m. And I still got one more episode that I need to record to complete this. So I do hope and pray that this episode and this series has been or will be a blessing to you. I will also link the other two in the description box as well. So on this fourth day of April, like to say happy resurrection sunday our lord and savior has risen he has gone live and direct god bless be blessed